Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, izakai antics, a parody of Japan's best doujinshi market, magical spells with unique abilities, crazy rants, the invention of cosplay in an alternate world, and a completely average main character. Listener discretion is advised. Spark and Monger View, episode 359, A Witch's Printing Office. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Review. I'm your host Zan saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. Hi, yes, we're back for another fun-filled episode of this wonderful podcast. You can find it at www.spyrokin.com. Hope everyone is doing well with everything that's going on. The world is going a little crazy, but we're going to try to be a little optimistic and happy. And even though everything's going kind of crazy, I'm happy to say that Anime Boston is still happening. Fingers crossed that doesn't get canceled because I am really excited to be a feature panelist at that con. It's April 10th through 12th, three days. I've got seven panels. It's Easter weekend. I'm excited for this. Also, I'm going to be debuting my super secret project, the manga anime inspired cookbook. I'm excited to see you guys check that out. And that's the best part about this because we cannot let things just stay stagnant because everything is going crazy but life has to move on and we have to keep moving on and that's what this podcast is for we're an entertainment podcast that's going to bring you entertainment and if you're joining us for the first time welcome sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectly enhanced narratives now what does that mean well every episode we talk about one or two different topics we tell you the pros and cons about stuff since this is the manga podcast we talk about mangas and tell you about how the mangas are the art style the overarching plot and if it's worth investing your time or not and as we review these various manga titles, you don't agree with us on our reviews. However, we do try to be educational, exciting, enlightening, and most importantly, entertaining. And where can they find any of our podcasts for manga reviews, movie reviews, or game reviews? www.spirekin.com We're also on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. Just type in at Spirekin, and I guarantee you'll find us one way or the other. And if you want to do something really cool, you can email us at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com, or on Twitter, at Spirekin, like us, follow us. And if you want to do something really cool, go to tinyurl.com forward slash help Zan, that's H-E-L-P-X-A-N, and that goes right to our Apple Podcast site, and you can leave a comment and a rating. That's kind of like putting a tip in the tip jar, gives me a little motivation to keep this podcast running, because we've been doing this since 2008, and we have no way we're going to stop anytime soon. Am I right? Right. Yes. So, with that in mind, let's actually get into something a little bit happy, and that's some of the news. And I know that you're like, oh god, the news. Everything's going crazy right now. Certain people are ranting about this, and talking about this, and about horrific events, but we want to keep you guys educated just a little bit. So, big first big news is going to be that the Japanese cabinet meeting occurred. Now, what does that mean for us manga fans? Well, unfortunately, there was a little bill that was proposed on Tuesday that kind of expanded the copyright law to punish those who knowingly downloaded illegal uh, or uploaded pirated manga and magazines, academic works, things like that. And unfortunately, this was approved. So, yeah, so previously the law only formalized punishment for downloads of illegally uploaded video music as well as illegal uploads of all material. But now officially, as of January 1st, 2021, this is going to be implemented. And this also bans leech sites that aggregate and provide hyperlinks to pirated material. And um, 
Well, on the one hand, this is a kind of... oh, well, You know, like when Zan talks about finding it through alternative means. Yeah. Uh, there are no now alternative means. Um... Yes, and I part of me is like want to say you'll find a way, like like science, it will find a way. It probably will, but the thing is, it's kind of a big deal because this is not a little thing. People are going to be punished for derivative words like dogens, things like that, and this is kind of a it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, this is banning the practice of knowingly downloading all legal materials from the internet, and this is going to cause a tighter grip upon the internet user world. And if you look at our manga and anime culture, we used to get this through bootlegs. That's how we got this. So it's kind of kneecapping a very vital point and part of our history as manga fans, as anime fans, even though now you can stream and look at most of this stuff how easily. Very easily. Super easily. Um, so they're going to be bringing up more of the uh, how-to-dos and all the fine print in November, so we're going to see what happens with that. But so stay tuned. Stay tuned for that, but no matter what, even if you do read scanlations, which I don't recommend doing, always, if you have a chance, if you like something, buy the manga. Go check it out and read it and buy it. You know, go to the store and look at it. Enjoy it. Because there are so many good real mangas. Or buy it digitally. There are so many different sites you can do that with. And... You're giving money to the creator because a lot of creators don't even get the money if you rip them off. So, don't be a hater. Don't steal. All right. So, let's talk about something equally cool. So, JoJo Bizarre Adventures creator Hirohiko Araki was interviewed by the Japanese literary magazine Kotoban in its 2020 spring issue regarding how he wrote memorable villains. And he was talking about all the different aspects that were important to the creation of his most iconic villain ever. Do you know who that is? Dio. Yes, Dio Brando. And he says that the root of evil lies in horror, because Dio is an imposing villain, because his grudge against the Joestar family spans entire generations. I mean, Dio's an immortal vampire, and even when he's defeated... He comes back to haunt Jonathan Joestar's descendants. He even haunts Jonathan when he's about to die. He, like, shows up, Hey, you thought you could run away. Um, my minion is holding my head in a jar. And he, he asks himself what frightened him the most, and it's a curse that transcends time rather than an enemy with invincible powers or a violent disposition. And, and I think that's a good way to explain Dio's... Uh, appeal because he's not just a I'm a mustache twirling villain and I'm going to be dispatched. It's just he's eminent and there and lingering. He's not even like slimy. He's just evil. And even his even he doesn't have to be in the series but his presence is felt. I mean look at it. In Battle Tendency he's not there but the whole thing with the stone mask and Dio's presence shows up. And then in Diamond is Unbreakable the whole thing is, apparently Dio gave someone the bow and arrow, which gave everyone stands, and that's why everything's gone horribly wrong. And then, of course, in the in Golden Wind, what is the whole reason why this is happening? Because you're wondering. Because Dio. Because Dio is Giorno's father. Is Giorno going to become like his father? Well, the fact that he says, muda, 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 kind of... <laughs> 
says something. Says something just a little bit. And to go further, he says that evil is compelling to a reader when it feels unknowable. There's a kind of appeal trying to wrap your head around the philosophy espoused by a villain whose actions seem impossible to predict in the moment. Adventure stories revolve around mystery and other things that seem to go beyond the comprehension of people in regular society. So it stands to reason that villains, who represent an obstacle that must be overcome, are full of mystery. And there's a lot of influences for... Uh, him to create characters in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Like, the ones I'm surprised is he says that Silence of the Lambs influenced him to make Dio. Because it's about a serial killer whose very existence is frightening because he's uncertain about when he'll kill again and what drives him to kill. Another one is the manga series Ushemi the Lone Shark because it has a charismatic villain that readers can't be helped but be engrossed at despite their objection to every single action this character takes. And then another big one is a Ron Howard movie. A Ron Howard movie? Yeah, Frost Nixon. Because they portray Richard Nixon as this kind of person who uses mind games in an attempt to exonerate himself of his wrongdoing. To Hirohiko Araki, this character represents a powerful evil that's evident to see. You know, this is a very intriguing article, and if you have a chance, read the essay, because it's just like, getting into his head, it makes sense on why he'd create such a fascinating villain. Hmm. It's a unique villain. Okay. So, next one is... Some... Such a bizarre villain, if you will. Yes, a super bizarre villain. Do, 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 What an adventure. Yes. So, next news point is... That girls' school creator Haru Futaba is airing grievances about her f- editor following her manga's early cancellation. Huh? So she's complaining about her editor after her manga got canceled, school girls got canceled, and said that the editor's mismanagement was what caused the manga to prematurely be canceled after the second volume, and now she is league or they, sorry are legally seeking comprehend, uh, comprehensive compensation from Shuisha. And they... Because her manga failed. No. According to her, the editor would lose manuscripts, be late to meetings, cancel them at the last minute, and due to miscommunication, her contract with the publisher was terminated. And then the editor tried to mollify her by sending her goods bought with company money. And when Futaba demanded to speak with the editor-in-chief, the editor-in-question refused to set up a meeting and then tried to give her 300,000 yen in hush money. As we can guess, Futaba spoke to the editor-in-chief anyway and has spent the rest of the series without an editor. And now she's seeking legal compensation for this. That I can see. This is one of those Bizarre. The, the company does not want to be like they were like we don't like, hey it was the editor it was the person not the company yeah so the question is will the will Shuisha stand behind this editor who is fucked up so much or will they be like oh well you know we'll give you something I don't think they're gonna renew uh, schoolgirls but they should I don't know it's it's just it's a whole fucked up situation anyway. Other news? I feel like if they would renew it, though, it would be, like, on the way of... Compensation? Financially? Like... 
making it right. I think they should give her another chance at another series. So you come up with another series and we'll give it to you. An open slot for her. But, again, we digress. So next news. This year's 15th anniversary of Shuisha's Weekly Shonen Jump published the final chapter on Monday of the X equals Hikigen no Shikoku Nyogo Hien story arc from Bokuben, the manga we talked about last time. Yes, and what does that mean? Pretty much, they've announced that this manga is going to get parallel story arcs. It's a choose-your-own-ending story arc. Every single girl in the harem is getting her own ending, where she ends up with the main character. If only that was real in life. So how cool is that? And they said it's not over yet. There's going to be an ending. Cause like it's uh, The next series which is coming out is uh, focusing on Rizu, a uh, personal favorite of mine. I think she's best girl. And then every other mini arc is going to focus on Fumiko Furuharshi, Asumi Kominami, and Mafumi Kirisu. And it's going to deviate at the same point for each story arc. So they all start off at the same chapter. I think it's like chapter 30 when there's a fireworks scene. From then on, it just deviates. So they're going to give different little stories to change it around. So that's kind of cool. It's doing like a flashpoint situations. Like here's where the element changes. Like fanfics almost. Or you can have this one. Or you can have this Exactly. One. And I like that Manga Kataisi stated in the comment section. He's like, this is not actually the final chapter. Just follow along for a little longer. Just hang in there. And that actually bumps up my rating. I gave it a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel. Okay, but forgettable. But this brings it up to borrow from a friend because that's really cool because it's not just a oh the harem series ends the same way no this is choose your own adventure harem series now what i hope they do is they release each ending as different mangas like this is volume 17 part a this is volume 17 part c and you just pick the volume you want to end it hmm. which would be kind of cool as opposed i mean if you're complete this like me you're going to collect all of it but i think that that'd be kind of cool to be like okay I want this setting. So if you wanted, for example, this is going off to another geekdom that people I know have. Like, um, okay, so instead of someone marrying Matthew Crawley, they marry the Lord Hexum instead. You could read about that instead. Or if you're reading about Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, Elizabeth Bennet ends up marrying, a, dare we say, Mr. Wickham. No, he's bad guy. Or Sergeant, or Colonel um, Fitzwilliams. Different alternative universes. Be kind of cool. I like this. If other mangas do this, I'd be kind of excited. And something just fell on the floor. I will edit this out. Where did that come from? I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, so other news. Kodansha is licensing a bunch of new manga. First off, you have a condition called Love. Interesting title. Don't know what it's about. The next one is My Roommate is a Dino. And unlike My Girlfriend is a T-Rex, where the, the T-Rexes look like human-dinosaur hybrids, this is, it looks like an anthropomorphic, cute little plush dinosaur that's living with this character. So, I'm intrigued, but what the hell? You have Kagoshigoto, My Dad's Secret Ambition, the story of a mangaka, or he's not a mangaka, he's a writer, who writes more salacious stories, and he's trying to hide it from his uh, elementary school age daughter like daddy doesn't write these horrible things i swear hmm. we'll see how that goes 
You have Oshiga Watashide Watashide Oshi, or Star-Crossed. Coming out, you have Yubisaki to Renren, A Sign of Affection. Mm-hmm. You have The Orient, which I don't know what it's about. Then you have Dolly Kill Kill. It's about an uh, Isekai series with a doll. So, Ugh. who knows? Uh, for Yen Press, they got a bunch of things. First off, they have the Garden of Words novel adaptation. Not the manga, which we've reviewed, but the adaptation. So, Makoto Shinkai fans, there's another one for you. Uh, Kanasuba has a bonus story coming out called We Are the Megaboon Bandits, or sorry, the Megumin Bandits. You have Last Round Arthurs, and kind of pseudo-Izekai series where a character ends up hooking up and working with a person who's supposed to be the next King Arthur, but the King Arthur is a screw-up. And she's crazy, so, eh. She? Queen? No, it's... A thing. thing. You have Mahorabo Mahorabe, a manga series about magic. You have Yusino Zurikorai, the log in the well does not know the ocean. It is a one-shot. Seems intriguing. You have Akka's 13 Territory Inspection Department. Yes, if you're a fan of that terrible series, I'm not a fan. I like procedural stuff, but that one was was boring as anything. And it's like reading Frank Herbert. Mythology is amazing, but reading him is slow and boring, in my honest opinion. You disagree with me, email me, zanspocker.com, we'll have a talk about it and finally puela puela madoka magica the omnibus editions are coming out so for all you magica fans you can read about the wonderful world where qb shows up and says hey do you want to be a a magical girl you get to fight witches and you get your wish granted but then later on you become one of the witches so someone's gonna try and kill you Ah. great series terrible series let's be honest but it put magical girls on its head so, a couple other news. We have a couple of releases coming out. First off, on June 2nd, Takahashi Murakami, creator of Gazing or sorry, Star Dog, Stargazing Dogs, is launching a new manga about AI and the mind coming in the not too distant future, and the manga is tentatively titled Pino. I like this. Sounds similar to a certain wooden boy with a nose that grows long, but I'm intrigued. On April 9th, the Flowers of Evil mangaka, Shuzo Oshime, is launching a new manga, Okairi Alice, or Welcome Back Alice, a fresh new puberty story that pokes fun at sex. It's about three friends, childhood friends who are growing up, two boys, two boys, one girl, and one of the boys realizes the girl is not like them. Ah. Womp womp. Will they get together? Will they realize what's going on? Will the other friend realize something is going on between his two other friends, or will they not? We shall see. Well, if you remember Flowers of Evil, we know it's going to be kind of screwed up, so... Yeah. On April 2nd, Guido Amagakuri, the creator of Sweetness and Lightning, is launching a new manga called Tonari ni Genge, or A Galaxy Beside Me. This is a madcap... Galaxy Boy Meets Girl story about a shoujo manga creator, Ichiro Kuga, who takes care of his younger siblings and hires a beautiful buxom assistant who tells him immediately that he's been bound in vow of matrimony. This sounds a lot like Please Teacher. I'm not sure. It seems like it could be funny or it could be really weird. Huh. What else is going on? 
On March 16th, uh, Jasmine Kuhn, creator of Backstreet Girls, is launching a new manga titled Kenshiro ni Yoshiro, or Give My Regard to Kenshiro. It's a story of a young man who swears revenge against the Yakuza and spends all of his time in his younger years learning the dreaded martial artist technique, the art of the assassination fist. And then he discovers when he masters it as an adult, because he is now a super master of it, it can't hurt anybody. So now he has to deal with this. That he knows that martial arts that does nothing. That's not very helpful. It is a comedy. So something hysterical is going to happen. He might do something dumb and he might win because of accidental martial arts causing things to happen in the background. Who knows. Finally, the other release on the 16th, uh, Tamika Wakaki, creator of the World God Only Knows, which we reviewed all the way back in, like, I think the 30s or 40s of this podcast. is They're launching a new manga title, uh, Kekon Sureta, uh, Hoshideska, or 365 Days to the Wedding, Are You Really Getting Married? This is a new generational wedding manga that features the tagline, Whoa, getting married really bring you happiness. Isn't getting married a risk? I'm intrigued by this. It seems like a very strange title because it's like, it's a, they're getting married. Why are they getting married? What's going to happen? What are all the trials and tribulations? And you have one year to get married. Why do you have a year? At least it's not the two year, the two year, like two years to plan or 10 years to plan your wedding. That's long. That is a definition of a long engagement. And then finally, last bit of news, which is interesting, is that a manga we talked about last week, A Brief History of Robo Sapiens by Turosunoko Shimada, has won the grand prize of the 23rd annual Japan Media Arts Festival. Woo-hoo. A bunch of other animes won, including Weathering With You and uh, Ride My Wave, or Ride Your Wave. I loved those. So that's kind of cool. I'm happy that this weird series that we're getting won the award. I am intrigued, though, to see what else was on the nomination list. But, well, that's how it goes with all these things. It is kind of crazy, kind of weird. But now that that's out of the way, we could talk about our releases of the day, but we're going to kind of skip those for now because reasons. Because, well, actually, we won't skip those. Let's get to the releases of the week. Because... What's new for the week? Yeah. Well, actually, kind of a lot came out. No, no, not that much came out this week. Just a lot of the same thing. Uh, Aphorita, I Heart Isekai, Volume 2, the manga came out. Cherry Magic, 30 Years of Virginity Can Make You a Wizard, Volume 1. Gal Gohan, Volume 2. You should make somebody a wizard. It's an Isekai series, so it makes sense. Uh, Ghostly Things Volume 2, Gigant Volume 1, Homestuck, oh god, Book 6, Act 5, Act 2, Part 2. Of course, Homestuck would release their title as completely absurd and insane. But yes, officially, they're a manga. Yes, you could buy them. I would rather just say, just go to the Homestuck website and read that crappy... Anyway, Homestuck fans will go kill me. I thought they all died out, but anyway... You have Night of the Ice, Volume 1. Monthly Girl Nozaki-kun, Volume 11. My Status as an Assassin obviously exceeds the Heroes, Manga, Volume 1. Neon Genesis Evangelion, Anima, the Light Novel, Volume 2. 
Noragami Stray God Volume 21. Volume 2 of Penguin Drum is coming out for those of you who liked reading the story of three penguins who were hanging out with three orphans and all the insanity behind that. And I really did like that series. It's just, the manga is cool, but the anime was so much more insane and trippy. Especially because you see them when they're not talking to people, all the characters look like, just like the man you see on the stop sign. Until they interact oh, with them, yeah, then they yeah, turn yeah. into people. And that's kind of cool. The manga doesn't really... But anyway. You have Radiant Volume 10. Record of Grand Crest War Volume 6. Renee Volume 32. And I'm so happy it's reached 32. Renee is an awesome series by Rumiko Takahashi. Um, the Golden Sheep Volume 3. The final volume of that series is coming out. And I'm curious how it's going to end. We'll see. And then last but not least, the Quintessential Quintuplets, Volume 8. Yay! So, for me personally... The one we're all waiting for. Yes, the Quints. Soon another episode will come out, even though... The one I am waiting for, I should say. Well, after how this that manga ended, I'm kind of like, I want to buy it, but... Yeah. Anyway, so for me, what I'm, I'm excited for is Quints, Golden Sheep, Renee... Uh, my status as an assassin obviously exceeds the hero. That sounds like an Izekai where the guy's really bitter. Knight of the Ice, I have no idea what it's about, but it seems like it's going to be intriguing. And then, of course, Cherry Magic, 30 Years of Virginia Can Make You a Wizard. Because that reminds me of... Because you haven't gotten enough Izekais? Not just that, but remember the beginning of... Uh, uh, remember that time that I reincarnated as a slime? He's yes. like, I'm 30 years old, I haven't had sex. I should be a great sage. This seems like it's that. <laughs> It's like he, he became a great wizard because of that magic. Also, Aphorite I'm a really big fan of. So, let me know what you guys think. Email me at spirekin at gmail.com or zanspirekin.com. And so, now with that in mind, let's get to the episode at hand, which is the manga. Because, if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one that only the wheel of manga. It takes time to be there reviewing a manga that was written by an author named Mochichi. Mochichi? Yes. And the artist is Miyami Yasuhiro. Yes, a series where there's a manga and an artist. Two different people. Huh. And this is produced by ASCII Media Works, which means it was brought over here by Yen Press, which has become kind of the dominant uh, publisher on my bookshelf at this moment in time. Because Vertical has been kind of, well, they're no longer a thing, but yeah. Anyway. The original run was 2017 to present. There are four volumes, and this is an action-adventure-fantasy-comedy-senin. And it is known simply as... Mahotsukai no Isatsujo, or... A Witch's Printing Company. Hmm. So... With that explanation, what do you think it's about? A... Manga print shop run by women, which is to be actually specific. No, it is about com comic cat. Well, magic cat. You see, it actually opens up where a young girl shows up in a village in a middle medieval world, and they're just talking about everything going on. And she's a witch, and she's there for reasons because she's going to the Holy Land. Whatever the Holy Land is, because apparently there was a war several hundred years ago where they fought giants. A bunch of wizards showed up, saved the day, and Holy Land has these three reverse triangles. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yes. Very similar to a certain location. Uh, but 
So she's there, stuff happens where they say, oh, you're a witch, you have powers. And it turns out this witch doesn't have powers, but she's there for a reason. And when she leaves to go to, to take the, uh, I think they call it the air jet, it's an airboat, to, to this island, which is the Holy Land, a bunch of other wizards show up. And they're all talking. They're all renting, like, hey, can we get some food? Hundreds of wizards, all talking about this and that and the other thing. What's going on? Why are all of these wizards congregating? What's going on? Well, it turns out that at the Holy Land, something new has appeared. Something awesome. Something great. The Magic Market, a.k.a. Magicat. Interesting. There is the world, this alternate world's first ever magical grimoire convention. Huh. And it's created by our main character, whose name is Kamiya Mika. And she's a girl who left Kamiket and was transported to another world magically. And now she wants to go home. However, how could she go home? Well... It's a world full of magic, so obviously someone has to have magical a magical spell that could send her to other worlds or send her home. How is she going to find it? Well, she creates a con for magic people. Of course she does. And this is, it sounds insane, but it's brilliant. It's a very nice twist on Isekai series because it's about what it's like to run a huge convention. And all the craziness that is going on. It's an industry story about running a convention, but it has magical elements. Like, okay, you try to cut in line, a golem's going to go tackle you. Okay, no weapons are allowed here, so you need this. If you want to have people in order, setting up lines, a bunch of traditions. Like the fact that at the beginning of all comicettes, everyone claps because it's opening. The opening session. You know, you think uh, rowdy cosplayers are, are an issue? Imagine people who are attacking with large weapons. I mean, another thing. You go to Comic Cat, you want to buy some doujinshi, right? That's an issue. No, no, no. How about little guys who have scrolls that'll summon to come by who are going to suck all your life essence? Or you want spells that'll change your hair to different styles. They have that. Or spells that cause fire. They have that, but it doesn't work as well. And it's all the. F- all the organization of if you're ever in a convention, all that insanity that goes with it, working in security staff, working in prep staff, being a panelist, all that nuts and insanity is in this, but it all has a nice high fantasy twist in it. And it's funny with all these little details like the townsfolk wondering about what's going on, if there's going to be a new demon lord, or if something horrible is going to happen, and then, you know, the fact that some of these people who live in these small towns start taking advantage of it because with a convention in town, they start making money because they say, oh, you're from the convention, come in, you can buy this. Like, for example, if there's a convention for a certain luggage brand, you'd be like, hey, you have a bunch of uh, cosplay stuff, why don't you buy a piece of luggage? Right. Stuff like that. It brings business to the community. Yes. And there's lots of in-jokes. For example, a lot of the characters are named after real-world publishers. Like, the heads of all the different guilds are all real publishers. Oh, that's funny. And a lot of the terms that uh, the publishing company that Mika starts, Protagonist Press, it's uh, all, like, referencing all the things in publishing that need to be done. Oh, also, she has no magical ability except the ability to duplicate items. So what she does is... 
she creates a publishing company. Because she, she can duplicate items. And she she needs the ingredients to make it, so she needs ink and paper, but she can duplicate different grimoires and different spell books, and that's how she makes money. And she's become super good at it, so they call her the president. Like she's like, oh, it's supposed to be just a guild, a club, but I became a president, and she's acting like a president. It goes over all the little management, managerial elements of it. All the nuances. Yeah, and it's kind of funny, like, seeing her deal with, like, she helps a guy out who's making a spell book that's about summoning a uh, guard dog. And what happens is that uh, when they're transporting it, a bunch of wolves show up, so they use the spell. And then for the rest of the manga, she has this huge, fluffy, like, sheep dog as her companion. And there's a lot of little elements, too, that are kind of funny. Like, for example, uh, they're these mighty weapons that dwarves have made that are super expensive, made of mithril that are being used as paper cutters. And there's hundreds of types of magical covers that are available for magic books. Wouldn't you need a really good paper cutter? And there's some other really cool elements, like they have an entire chapter devoted to like a military guy who joins in because he thinks that there's a war going on. And he discovers it is the it is Comicat. And he ends up becoming chief of security because he treats it like a war zone. Because there you go. Who would el- who else would you want to be security? I mean, when you're when you're at the con, I mean, right? You would want like a military guy to be like, okay, lines have to be like this. No, no more, no less. Uh, you can't go past this line. Yes. Cues form this way. And it actually ends with something a little perverted, where you have a dwarf blacksmith who. Doesn't want to make any harmful weapons or armor and creates a battle bikini. Which ends up leading to, well, cosplay and also some other stuff happens. A battle bikini. If you play most video games, girls armor, bikinis. Kind of shameful. Yeah. However, it's whimsical and crazy and just... If you've ever been to a con, you could totally empathize with this. And... The only part where it does fall apart is Mika's whole reason why she appeared there. It's a little bit like how in um, ReZero, where he walks out of the convenience store and then magically he's in the magic another world. It just kind of happens. Like, maybe it was right place, right time. We don't know. And I don't think they're going to explain it. They're just going to deal with the consequences of him in the other world. Huh. Well, her in the other world, because we're talking about Mika. Art style is hysterical and great, very detailed, and I love that for every book that's at whenever they go, because in the first volume it covers two magic cats. And I'm assuming every single volume is going to cover at least two or three. So that's kind of cool. But as it goes through it, you see like all the little notes that it has for all the different spells and all the different grimoires. Interesting. And it's a little intriguing, and well, I gotta say, it's a fun little read. I'm going to have to give this a... I'm going to give this a bar from a friend. Don't return this off for Pocky. It's a fun read, especially if you're in the con culture. It's got action, some adventure. It's got high fantasy action adventure. So, nymphs, dryads, golems, black elves, paladins, all those lovely things that you love in all D&D games. In a kind of pseudo-modernistic take. Anyway... So, yeah, if you disagree with me or you agree with me, you've read this manga, let me know. Email me at sparkin at gmail.com. And let me know what you're thinking. Now, 
at that part you've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Wheel of Manga. Except no substitutes. Now what is that one that only the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. What I've done is I've assigned a manga tile to each of the 10 slots. And we're going to spin it. Whatever number it lands on. That's the manga that we review in the next episode of the Sparkin Manga Review. Episode 360. And I'm kind of excited because I've got some really good titles on here and a couple of old school titles that I've been wanting to review for a while. So let's spin and see what we're reviewing the next episode, shall we? Number five. Whoa. So, awesomely, in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, we're going to be reviewing a manga... That is the only manga in this podcast that we've ever reviewed three times. Why is that? Because we're not reviewing the manga, we're reviewing the story arc. Because it's such an amazing manga, such a great manga, such a bizarre manga. So in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, we're going to be reviewing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable, the fourth story arc of the Joestar family. That's pretty awesome, great. I can't wait to review that. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. I hope everyone is safe and happy. Hope you're doing awesome. Keep reading manga. And I've been your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time.